Hey, South Florida, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of The Doorbell, the integrated realty weekly podcast about all things real estate in South Florida. I'm here with Gogo and David Winky Winker. Hey guys, this is David Winker. I'm on the broker for Integrated Realty. I'm an attorney, been practicing in South Florida since 1998. So, guys, I walked in this morning. And one thing I, you know, Gogo is usually at his desk. He's usually hammering through listings on the MLS with, you know, sheets of paper, doing comparisons. And I walked in today, and there's a beautiful pigeon sticking his head out in this picture. <laughs> and I look over at Gogo. It's like, you know, <laughs> do you have a client trying to buy some pigeons? Dude, I came across. And, and his response could not have surprised me more. Dude, I came across this uh, on the Internet. Pigeons racing, blamed for more Indonesian divorces. And the art, it's a very short article, and it talks about, in, in, in Indonesia, most of We're the We're not fe- laughing at divorce, by the way. We're laughing right. at the pictures of the pigeon how that he Gogo just pulled found. out here. What, what search he was running that ran into Indonesian... I mean, think about... Think, break this down a little bit. Unpack this a little bit. Connect the dots. Indonesian divorce rates. <laughs> pigeons... So apparently the females uh, there have uh, jobs, and most of the males in parts of northern Indonesia are unemployed. And the men take, you know, become quote-unquote pilots. Only there, it's not flying a plane. It's becoming pigeon racers. And the wives, in the article it says, I'll read it to you, it says, One villager told the paper that while her husband sometimes gives her money from his winnings, more often than not, he asks her for money for cigarettes. So, <laughs> you know, it's a funny story, and the title certainly is hilarious. But not to make uh, fun of it, but, you know, a portion of our business, buying and selling homes, comes as a result of, unfortunately, a divorce. That's yes. like the flip side of finding someone a new home. Sometimes Correct. the emotionally Correct. Although I gotta tell you, there is a side to it of fresh starts. Yes. Correct. Of of, yes. of a clean ending. It's a very right. multi-dimensional. It's a very different emotion. But one of the parties is usually in a little more grieving or or upset mode, and someone else is usually a little happier to move on or or to whatever. But where we come in is in a difficult situation like a divorce, where getting the maximum money for the asset so that both parties can equitably and financially move on. When I came across the article, sure, it was really funny, but we all know this is a very serious topic, especially for the clients that we've helped and other people that are in the same situation, how important it is to make an extra $30,000, $50,000 on the house because that, in essence, is being divided by two. Not only that, Gogo, but also to then turn around and find something else, whether it's a new uh, a new home to buy Correct. or a new home to rent. Correct. Yeah. So it's the part of our business that is, in a way, sad because you see the emotional and the thing going on and the ending of a marriage. But we also come through and help uh, these parties really to get the maximum dollars and, so that they and can a lot springboard on to a better future. A lot of times in these deals is where you see a realtor earn his money, too, because you have to have relationships. Like you said, typically one spouse has moved out of the house. There's another spouse in the house. So is that sometimes the spouse who's still in the house is not an um, enthusiastic supporter of the sale. Sure. So you're, you're bringing people into an environment, 
and, and so, you know, sometimes so sometimes the couple may be in the house, and think about from selling the home. We had that circumstance. How weak of a position is it if the potential buyers know yeah. that this couple's getting a divorce? And you have to be very strategic in presenting the house in a very professional way, explaining to your party how important it is that even though they have these massive differences that they're going to live their lives in the future apart, how important it is to be unified yeah, so that this can be To not convey any distress correct. and not compromise any Because distress equals all and that, and low guys, ball, is, we can, you know. What is that tied to? It ties to what we were talking earlier about selling a vision. Absolutely. People, people want to see themselves in a space. Right. And Do you want to walk into a house where the couple's fighting because they're divorcing, or do you want to you know, walk into a house and just be welcomed by, you know, two people that you don't know and everything else is equal. You see a house, you love it, you don't like it, and you move on. But at least you're walking into a neutral situation versus an emotionally charged one. So, you know, a little bit of advice for our listeners out there. And it is an aspect of our business, so we're, we're there to help out. Hey, listeners, if you know anyone out there who might be going through a divorce right now or knows anyone else who's going through a divorce and might need some help buying a new property or renting a new property, please feel free to reach out to us at 305-539-3857 or at podcast at com. Feel free to leave us a message on our voicemail, too. So, Dave, a few days ago, you sent us a picture of of the, uh, what was it, the AMC? No, it was the Metro. <laughs> the Metro. The Metro Convertible. Convertible Metro. Convertible Metro. <laughs> I was driving back from Macon, Georgia, <laughs> and uh, uh, after taking that Georgia uh, broker's exam, and yes, I saw on the highway a Geo Metro, what looked like a 1990 convertible. Was that your first car? <laughs> no, but it was funny that it caused a discussion amongst ourselves of what, you know, the, the nostalgia or, you know, we started talking about old cars and, you know, like the first thing I did was like, look up, I remember stories about the Metro that when you bought it new, it did not come with hubcaps. Hubcaps were an option on the Metro. Which so just, was that fourth gear? I mean, that, that, that fourth <laughs> cylinder. But yeah, as you said, it, it caused us to talk about our first car. My, my first car was a 1976 AMC Hornet. And I remember a couple things about that car. I bought it for 270 bucks, and I remember it had an AC setting. The max on it. Talk about like sense of humor and, and you know about how American uh, American <laughs> industry. The uh, the max AC setting instead of max was desert only. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first card, Gogo? Uh, I had a very very rusty but extremely fun to drive, nineteen seventy three. German BMW 318. Oh, wow. It came from San Salvador. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was totally rusted. The back wheels were, like, protruding out. Like, it had carried, I don't know, too much weight in its uh, previous life. How did you find out it, that car came from San Salvador? Well, the the lady that told me was from there, and she oh, brought okay. it over. <laughs> and it was, you know, she was just moving on to a, another car, so she wanted to get rid of it. And it was so fun to drive. It was stick shift. The dashboard and everything was in German, all German. So really? the, the cigarette lighter was called Zingenzunder. <laughs> Zingenzunder. That's funny you remember that. And so, you know, remember details like that. But, you know, the window wouldn't always roll up. It always had problems. But, man, it was just so memorable. How so long did you have that car? At least two, three years. What, what was the impact? I I, for those of you who don't know Gogo, Gogo's like me. We, we drive our cars until they die. Like, how did that thing die? Uh, you know, um, 
it never really did. It was it was gifted to somebody that that at the time was turning 16 and didn't have the means for a car. And of course, I got it as a rust bucket, and it was a lot of fun to drive. But you know, my parents decided to give it to uh, somebody else. That's cool. Is this after you had agreed to sell it? Is this that story? I had agreed to sell it to someone, <laughs> and they were ecstatic that they were going to buy it. And your parents intervened. Cut the and rug. They intervened. I, had to, I had to go back and tell this guy, who was such a nice guy. He was so upset. And the lesson there is get it in writing. So the real reason we brought up the first cars, Dave, to get back is because how often do our clients, not only do we help them get into their first house, but we talk about the first place they got, and they look back on it. With that's so one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite things. Tell me is, how. Well, break it down to two things. One, on the rental side, when people are getting their first place, oh. I deal with a lot of students, a lot of you know medical students, a lot of grad students who are getting you know who live with mom in college, who had a bunch of roommates in a house, you know, living right. with nine people. Or lived in a and dorm, getting, right? Yeah, lived in a dorm. Of. And they're getting that first one-bedroom apartment. <clears throat> and there's pro- there's nothing as rewarding as that or people's first home. Yeah. Like, I love seeing that. I love seeing that joy and seeing that, you know, you can just see the the, the putting yeah. down roots the, the building a base for building And the family. first home doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes that first rental or that Same first thing. home, they look back and go, oh, my God, it was such a small backyard or the shower or the bathroom was so tiny. Right. But, but there's the still memories, a soft spot in it. Right. In but the it. memories made there, they, they worked their way there. They earned it. They maybe beautified it and then turned it into, you know. Well, you grew dot. up in it, right? So you, you well, it's funny. You look back. Exactly. So and I got to tell car. you something. You know, I, it's interesting. One of the things that we do um, – as as realtors that I, I don't see all the time is I tend to, when I make an offer on a home, most times I will write a, a, have them write a letter or craft a letter that describes that who's moving in. Because here's this family right. who has all these memories of this house. The kids have moved out. They've raised three beautiful children. The, you know, they need to downsize. And they're looking at competing bids. And there's an energy that comes, like that's what we're talking about here is the energy that these homes have. And sometimes I've seen it make a difference where it's like, and it's, know, it's this conveyed, is an investor. It's in that letter. It right. tells you here's, here's about an inv- them. Here's the competing bid. We absolutely. know an investor is going to take it. They're going to slam six college kids into it. Or here's this family, young, young physicians, young lawyers, young engineers, and they're buying their first home. Here's their two kids. And it's interesting seeing that, you know, play a role in, I'm not saying you get it for less money, right. but it, it starts a dialogue where it's like, you actually see people Absolutely. want to sell to somebody, you know? So if you have a great story of your first car or some nice memories of your first home or apartment, reach out to the Doorbell Podcast, 305-539-3857 or podcast at irfla.com podcast at irfla.com go go yeah but did you get caught in the rains a couple days ago no no but I'll tell you a funny story having to do with water (laughs) the wifey says babe the faucet is leaking and I said no problem I take out my you know plumber wrench all that stuff I lower my jeans past the (laughs) below my waist a little bit Wear the cutoff T-shirt, and I get under the faucet, and I, I take apart the whole uh, faucet assembly. I spend about two hours doing that thing, put it back together. Here I think, oh my God, 
it's leaking even worse. Now it has two leaks. Things is coming out the side, <laughs> in the seam between the counter and the faucet. So the moral of the story there is, you know. No, I, I no. You want to take care of water damage quickly. <laughs> I'll tell you, Gogo, my dad was a contract, general contractor, and I, you know, I remember, I mean, he was a guy that could climb a pole, plug into the electric supply, you know, on a 60 foot up, and he would not touch plumbing. For that reason, yeah. you know, like you just would like you call a plumber, you know, like when there was a leaky faucet, right. you call it because you, you call couldn't the get expert. it. And it's interesting is I've run into that problem in the last couple of days. We have a, a client that you guys both know who rented out a great building here in town. And he called me uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, I don't know what's going on. My room is flooded. Mm. Um, as you guys know, usually the culprit is the AC. So I told him. You know, check the drain on your AC. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was like, you know, or the water heater burst. And he's like, how do I do that? Well, in that building, it's you know, essentially supplied water. You know, oh, they gotta, okay, they okay. Be and uh, he said, how do I do that? And I said, well, there's a you know, there's a PVC pipe at the bottom of the unit, and it should have like a quick release mm-hmm. and take some water and pour it down there and see if it goes anywhere. If it doesn't, you probably have mildew. You know, we've all yeah, been there. It gets you clogged a little you bit. Pour a little bleach in there. The guy right. comes in with an air gun and blows it out. So of course he does it. He calls me back immediately. You know, this is a physician. He's you know he's 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 good at this stuff, and he says no, the water's going away. So I'm like that's not it. So he calls the you know it's like well you know call the building uh, maintenance and tell them what's happening and see if they can you know help you because it's clearly though? coming from another unit. Right. Well, long story short, it turns out it's coming from another unit, Ooh. and it's gotten really complicated because. It's coming. It was coming from the unit above them, mm-hmm. and they fixed it. Mm-hmm. And then now it's continued. Oh no! Right. And it's they the unit above problem. that. Right. Oh god. And so now you have three <laughs> units that have water damage. Mm. This has a carpet in it, believe it or not. So they've got to pull up the carpet. It's developing mold. You know, it's a whole thing. And it's it's in, you know I had to tell them about the procedure. You know, under Florida statutes of uninhabitability, right. that you know you ha- you you notif- you give seven days notice. And you, you, you have to tell the landlord, like, this is the problem. And if you don't fix it, I'm withholding rent and terminating the mm. lease. So, you know, he's on, he's, you know, con, you know, he's in contact with them, but they just, ha- no one's been able to solve the problem because this is one of those issues. You know, we've all, I've been involved in this myself. I've been the culprit. I've had a, an AC and I, right. you know, below me that, you know, a roof, a, a ceiling's been, you know, done. I actually, I had a, a terrible story. I was on my condo on the beach. I, one day, uh, I had Italians that lived below me that owned it, absentee. Oh, boy. They've been gone for seven months. Mm-hmm. Knock on the door. Yes. It's nine in the morning. Hey, I need you to come look at my apartment. The entire kitchen ceiling had collapsed. Oh, nice. And it was because of my leaky thing. Oh, we were able to work it out because, you know, my, my, my position was like, yes, I'm obviously responsible for this. Right. But... You know, you have to have someone coming in more than once every seven months because this could have been, you know, avoided. Yeah. So we ended up splitting the damage. And then I've been a victim of it in buildings where it's come down. We, we had a, a place uh, so the bottom line seven is, stories ruined. So the bottom line, Dave, is that you have to provide notice and give the owner, landlord, an opportunity to solve the problem. It gets complicated when it's the you, you have in a condo. This is one of the complications of condos is you have common areas. Mm-hmm. So you have to determine: is it that guy's AC? Is right. it a leaking pipe? Is it water coming in from the outside? You know, and every of course, imagine this: uh-huh. everyone's pointing the finger at everybody else, right? Oh man, can you imagine coming home from work 
opening the door, and there's two three inches of water. And yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you where my unfortunately my mind where it goes. It's like. I'm hoping it's the dishwasher or the faucet and not the toilet. <laughs> Guys, I want to lighten things up a little bit and, uh, you know, ask to see just to see what our favorite movies about houses are. And maybe we can have, you know, audience members write us or call us and, and give us theirs. But, I mean, let's hear from you what's guys. What's yours, Lou? Mine is The Money Pit with Tom Hanks and uh, and That's what's her name from, from Cheers. Um, what was her name? <laughs> Shelly Long. Shelly Long, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I can't forget that one scene where Tom Hanks's legs are sticking down from the second roof after he's busted through <laughs> and his legs are twinkling there. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm going I'm to give you mine, but all of ours are going to be, every one of them is like a housing disaster movie. Like, you know, I don't think we have any one that's like a, like a great, but I, I love Neighbors. I love that idea. I think I've been on both sides of that. Um, in my lifetime, and when they move into that house and they live next door to that frat house, <laughs> and just to see them like wake up at three in the morning listening to that bass music, and it's just like, what have we done? Like, it's just like we've all been there. It's just, it was a, it, I, I thought that film was so funny. I like House Sitter going way back. Steve, <laughs> Steve Martin and uh, Goldie Hahn, I think they're not related to one another. She's like a sort of con artist. And there's a huge family get together. He's an architect, and they make up this story about how they met. And then, of course, very Hollywood, at the end, they fall in love. He makes a whole bunch of BS lines, and she realizes, hey, I've met my match, another little, you know. So it was How about this one? Here's a great one that you won't think of immediately as a movie about a house. It was really more about the realtor. But do you remember American Beauty? Because the wife, Kevin Spacey's wife, was a realtor in the movie. That movie was amazing. That's, that's that's, That's a classic, I think. Also, how about I Love You, Man, where uh, they're doing the open house... And then they're checking out the guy who's just coming in for the free food. And he's walking around and he lifts his leg to pass gas. Jason Siegel says to Paul Rudd, he's like, okay, look at him now. He's going to do the classic move where he's going to lift the leg. And sure enough, he does it. And then the guy, you know, pretending he's no longer interested in the house because he's just passed gas, says, well, you know, I think it's not big enough for me, right? And then Jason Siegel says, yeah, and it smells like fart. <laughs> If you have a question, or you'd like any help regarding a property, or you have any comments about our podcast, please give us a call, 305-539-3857, or email us at podcast at irfla.com. That's podcast at irfla.com. For Dave Winky Winker, Lulo Sara, I'm Gogo. Thanks for joining us at the doorbell. We'll talk to you soon. The hiring of a lawyer and the creation of an attorney-client relationship is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. The views expressed herein are intended for informational purposes only and are not intended to be, nor should they be interpreted as, legal advice or legal opinion. The listener should not consider this information to be an invitation to an attorney-client relationship and should always seek the legal advice of counsel in the appropriate jurisdiction. A written legal representation agreement specific to the individual client is required before any relationship is formed with Zampano, Patricius, and Winker.